Welcome to the Emerging Temple broadcast. I am Michael Obeyer. I will be your guide for the rest of this broadcast. At Emerging Temple, we seek to analyze current events within the context of God's plan for mankind, in which he intends, at the end of time, to raise up a people who will rule with him. Before I go any further, I want to encourage you to like our page, to subscribe to our channel, and if there is a notification bell, amen. All right, everybody knows the drill. Does anybody have any dreams, have a word, something you feel we ought to know, maybe we need to pray about? No. No. Okay. Must be leading a charmed life. <laughs> Liz, you had something you were telling me this week that you wanted to discuss. Do you remember? I can't remember what it was. You said it was I, something about health or wellness? Oh, that's right. I was just wondering, um, you know, like what prayers are, you know, how, how do we help ourselves, help our health? I mean, you know, I, I know Jesus tells us have faith, but I guess I need a little more faith. <laughs> Okay. My help isn't my help isn't responding. Mm. Okay, that's funny. So what are you eating? I'm are sorry. You are you eating correctly? Oh no, yes. I this is a long-standing problem. I was oh, hit okay. by two drunk drivers ten years ago, and the way that the way the medical system is they wanted to this and they wanted to that and they had all these surgeries and then they said oh guess what your back was broken in that surgery and it's had 10 years to just sit there broken so yeah i went through everything but it's it's hard well first of all the bible says our body is the temple of the holy ghost amen so Amen. with that in mind, our body should only break down if the Holy Ghost wants to break it down. Now, if it's breaking down outside of his will, then it's probably the problem is not our body, but our uh, usefulness to the Holy Ghost. Now, let me explain that. You, you've seen the latest cars that we have today, correct? Right. In 1972, they looked like something from the Jetsons, mm. but they're all around us today. Mm. Now, what you need to understand is that these cars you see around you today actually existed in 1656 in 2000 BC. They always existed. There is nothing new under the sun. But no human mind had gone to, quote, approximate it. That means to go pull it down until now. So your health is God's business if you are in the business of God. 
we have to understand that God is an investor. I want you to look. There are 7 billion people on earth. You cannot claim that 1 billion know who God is through Jesus Christ. Right. That's true. So that makes each one of us that knows him through Jesus Christ a very precious commodity to him. Okay? In other right. words, because you have come to know God through Jesus Christ, and God has invested 7 billion people, yet the only, the only functioning um, projects that he has might number, let's say, 100 million people, 200 million people max in the world. Think about that. So you have to understand how valuable these 100 million or 200 million people are to him. And you, I believe, are among that 100 to 200 million people. So if you have such value to him, then it is his responsibility to make certain that you are okay, correct? Yes. If, if you had a thoroughbred horse, I believe you have horses? Um, I do. Okay, good. So imagine if you had a horse that was really strong or really fast or something of much value to you and the horse isn't feeling well. Would you feel okay? No, you wouldn't. You'd be as upset or even more than the horse would be. And the reality is God himself is more upset about your ill health than you are. The question is, how do you pull down the healing that God has for you? You've heard people say, by faith, by faith, by faith, right? Just believe, correct? Right. Right. And at the point, it right. gets frustrating because you really don't know what to believe. You know God can do it, but you don't know whether God will do it. That's the problem. What's the will right. of God? If you knew God would not heal you, then you'll be okay. You'll be like, okay, get ready to die, write my will. God has said he's not going to heal me. The problem is you don't know whether he wants to heal you or whether he doesn't want to heal you. This is the question. What is your purpose in God in the gospel of Jesus Christ? That's the question. Not whether what's your purpose as in should you be the president? Should you be the city manager? Should you take care of your children? No, we're not talking about that. What value are you to God in the gospel? That's what everybody well, needs to stop. That's what all of us need to stop and ask ourselves that question. The most valuable thing God has is his gospel. He died, rose again from the dead, and the first thing he asked you to do was to preach the gospel. Amen? Amen. Now, if a guy dies and shows up in my room and then tells me he wants me to do X, Y, Z, <laughs> I probably should guess that that thing is pretty important to that guy. Right. I agree. Now, let's measure, let's weigh our need to be healed in the scale of balance to the amount of time and commitment we have given 
to teaching his word. Not talking about being good now. I'm not talking about feeding the poor like all the churches like to do on Thanksgiving Day. Right. Look at good works. But how much have we given ourselves to dissemination of the gospel of Jesus Christ for the transformation of souls and the, and the, de uh, the development of relationship between them and God through Jesus Christ? Once we are in that business, it becomes the prerogative of God, the responsibility of God to make certain that we are healed and that we're walking in victory. The Bible says Moses was 120 years old when God told him to go to Mount Nebo and die. And the Bible said he was not blind, he was not dark in vision, and he was not halt, neither was he sick. It's right there in the Bible. Why? Right. Because Moses lived every single day of his life for the gospel of God. So you will get healing without a doubt. It's not as big a deal as people try to make it seem to you. Now, God's healing can come in different ways. He could, that could just, just because of you, some guy in Harvard will just discover all of a sudden that, oh, this plant heals this thing. <laughs> we never knew. Just because of you. So God's healing doesn't have to mean you were in the temple one day and Jesus came by and his rope touched you and suddenly, oh my God, I'm healed. It doesn't have to be that. Right. But you have to be about the Father's business if you're talking about receiving anything from God. The Holy Ghost didn't come here because of you. The Holy Ghost came here because of who? Jesus. Jesus. That is why you say, I do this in the name of Jesus. I command that in the name of Jesus. Why don't you say you command that in the name of Michael Bear? Mm. The Holy Ghost is not here because of Michael Bear. The Holy Ghost is here because of Jesus. And if you are in the business of Jesus, if you are acting in the place of Jesus, the Holy Ghost is obligated to give you everything you need to function. And I don't care if he gives you a million dollars. If he doesn't give you health, he hasn't given you anything. Mm, yeah. Then there's the flip side of the coin. Sometimes God will give you a health condition to keep you humble. But that usually happens when you have gone very, very high in the gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't think you're there yet. No, I don't. I don't think so either. So we can eliminate God from having anything to do with any ill health for any of us. Okay. When God does a thing like that, he does that to people like Paul. Who like, they're so high up there that he has to give them something to remind them that they're mortal. <laughs> okay. You don't have a problem. Yeah. So... No. <laughs> So now what we want to begin to do is begin to create an environment in which you begin to become an asset to the gospel of Jesus Christ in your neighborhood, in your area, among your family, among your friends, online. However it is, you don't just be a hearer of the word, but a doer of the work. Do you remember that? The Bible says, not right. just hearers of the word, but doers of the work. So the healing that you need is there in the heavenly realm. Just walk in Christ, which is his commandment. Number one was 
preach my gospel to all the world. And then let see the healing come in God's own way. Don't worry yourself. God will heal you as long as you're about the Father's business. Amen. All right? Amen. So I want to encourage you with that. I'm not, what I just told you now is not an opinion. I just didn't want to start turning from one page or another because I could do that and you could see it all there and you'd be like, oh, why did I see this before? But then we'll have spent an hour plus, you know, on that. Right. Okay. Well, thank you. Amen. So anybody else who's listening to this, you might want to get together with Liz over the phone, like Kay, you know, put together. You, everybody here should be involved in some program of outreach in some way, whether it's through Facebook, whether it's through writing, whatever you're doing, there's got to be an aspect of your life that is consecrated just for Jesus Christ. You Amen. could be a football star. You could be the president of a country. None of those things preclude you from having an aspect of your life that is dedicated to the propagation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what makes you separate and unique from every other human being. Because every other human being is living 100% for themselves. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm not doing this this morning every time, every Sunday, because I'm being paid for it. But I get such a big reward from God, both financially and I, I must be, I better give him his glory now before he takes the little, <laughs> okay. But I don't get the reward financially from any human being. So why do I do it? Because I understand the program. As long as I do this, he takes care of me. That's my little secret. Try it. Besides that, it feels good. Of course. As I said, I just wanted to mention the earthly thing, the earthly benefit. You know? So mm. in every way, right. in every aspect, that doesn't mean I don't get a headache. That doesn't mean I don't have a stomach upset or this or whatever. No, that doesn't mean, doesn't mean I'm in perfect health. But... Mm. Just imagine if I had cancer and didn't even know it. Mm. In other words, it's not what you have, it's who you have. Yes. Okay? So mm. we keep your eye, you keep your eye on Jesus Christ. What does that mean? You're keeping your eye on the word. We're talking about the mind eye here. So you're keeping yeah. your mind, you know. Do you remember when the children of Israel sinned against God? by murmuring, and God sends snakes to come and begin to bite all of them. Mm. <laughs> but, yeah. they, but they wouldn't die from the snake bites. <laughs> Do you remember? Yeah. And they ran to Moses. Remember? And yeah. said, Moses, stop the snakes from biting us. What did, Moses, what did Moses do? He went to God, right? Yes. Uh -huh. And what did God tell Moses to do, Liz? Um, lift lift the rod and there was something i don't really remember but it was something about it's, the snake it's there and... right it's, you, it's it's inside of you you can see it somehow but it's not too clear right there was like lift right. something, right but it's something where he has the rod or something and the snake ends up very good he, he make yeah he he makes a bronze serpent and wraps it around the tree a stick and ah. sticks it into the ground that's what you always see when you go to a pharmacy or a hospital to this day did you notice that 
Have you ever yeah. noticed when you go to the hospital, you always see a snake around a tree? Yes. Like the pharmaceutical sign? Yes, it's a medical yeah. sign. Aha, where do you think they got that from? The snake of Moses. The snake of Moses around the tree. Because God said he wouldn't drive away the snakes, but if the people keep their eyes on the snake, anytime the snake bites them, it will do them no harm. Uh -huh. Now when Jesus came, Jesus uh -huh. said, as Moses lifted the snake in the desert, so shall the Son of Man be lifted up. Those are things to do today. Amen? Amen. Okay, well, you know what? Why don't we just look at that scripture and then we continue. We'll go to another person. Can somebody find that scripture where Jesus said, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so shall the Son of Man be lifted up. It's not one of those you had on, on the... Um... No, no, it's not. No, it's not. Okay. I can't Google it. I'll lose my service. <laughs> I have the same problem. I pulled out my tablet. Okay. Oh, sorry. Any, anybody has any? John, John 3, verse okay. 14. Thank you. John 3, verse 14. Liz, can you read that for us, please? I haven't gotten it. Um, John 3, 14? Yes. Yes. Just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the, the, serpent in the desert, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Keep going. That all who... That all who believe may have eternal life in him. Yes, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That whosoever believeth in him may not die, but have eternal life. God did not send the son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Thank you. Whoever... Okay. Thank you. Now, remember, eternal life is not a length of time. It's a quality of life. I believe we've said that here before, correct? Yes. Right. It's not eternal. When we say everlasting life or eternal life, we're not talking about time. Because remember, in the realm of the spirit, there is no time. Mm. We're talking about the quality of life. Okay? So that yeah. quality of life comes into you with healing in its wings. All right? So Jesus use that snake of Moses, which was for healing, as what happens in your life when you look up to him. And we spoke about looking unto Jesus the other day as having your mind on the word of God. Amen. Amen. So going forward, it's not optional for you or for any of us who have things we want to overcome to be involved in preaching the gospel. It's not enough to just write a check out and send to some ministry and say you're doing your own part. No, you have to physically open your own mouth or take your own finger and you've got to write what you know about Jesus Christ on a continuous basis and send out to people. Or you use your mouth and speak to people on the phone. You, this thing I'm saying, I'm saying to everybody, I'm telling you all, please, the concept of clergy laity is not biblical. I'll say it again. 
the concept of clergy laity is not biblical. That was in the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. All, uh, the Bible says, we are priests and kings unto God. We are all members of, of the order of Melchizedek. Do you remember he said so? The priesthood yes. of Melchizedek. Right. So we're all supposed to function as pastors, as evangelists, as shepherds, as apostles, as teachers. Okay? So yeah. look at your life and ask yourself, when was the last time I saw somebody that said he or she was having a hard time? And I said, can we pray together? And the person said, yes. And I said to the person, say this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. I believe in my heart and I say it with my mouth that Jesus died and rose again for me. I thank you, God, that I'm born again. When was the last time you can say to yourself, you did that with another human being? Because that there is the transformation that Paul says, if any man will believe in their mouth, heart and confess with their mouth, they would be saved. What does that mean? They would enter a relationship with God. That tag team God. And if we're not being used by God to do that, then what are we being used by God to do? Let no one deceive you. Preaching of the gospel is not optional. And preaching of the gospel is intricately tied to your health and well-being. Amen. 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 Please believe me. Everybody. Brother Mike, you were, the gospel you of were, Jesus Christ is tied intricately to your health and well-being. Don't leave it to others. Mm. Sorry, somebody were, was about to say something. Uh, that's it's mom. Uh, okay. You were asking about dreams and, and things, and yes. I don't tend to remember things when they happen but one of the things i notice if i don't get out that much but when i do and people see it's me with all the turmoil and things that they've been seeing on television they want my take yes and you know so i just told them i said that when i get up in the morning i ask the lord to cover me yes. and to use me and when a question comes that he will shoulder up my memory and help me speak through me in other words it not be me and today um i have, have a message to call a young man in california that i talked to earlier this week yeah. and he says he was just so taken by something i said i have no clue yeah. what he wants to talk about but i am not afraid to raise my banner high and let someone know. He said, you sound so young, this, that, and the other. And I give the glory to where Amen. it comes from. And Amen. so he is waiting for me to call him today because he has things he wants to talk to me about. I have no idea what his color is or anything, but I try to take every opportunity as it comes. And I think when your hair gets gray, people are seeking you out. They know there's something different yes. about you. Amen. Amen. And somebody like that, somewhere in that conversation, must be given the opportunity to ask Jesus to forgive him of his sins 
those that he knows and those he doesn't know, and to come into his life and make him a new creature. We should never assume that any person that says they're a Christian has done so. Sometimes when they were eight years old, seven years old, their mother walked up to give their life. They walked next to her and they said, I gave my life. That's not giving your life. Giving your life is something that demands something from you. So, so, but you need the help of Jesus. So when you come to Jesus and accept him, then he gives you the power to give your life. Without Jesus helping you, the Holy Ghost helping you, you, have it, it, you don't have it in yourself to give your life to God. That's another teaching entirely, but hold on to that. You need to give them the opportunity to tag team Jesus so they can get the power to give their life to Jesus. Amen. 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 All right, is there somebody else that wanted to uh, chip in? Yeah, just um, <clears throat> what, you, what you just said about um, how, you know, what, what the question that Liz asked about health and God, it just reminded me of what I read this week that really touched me, you know, in, he's a lady, medical doctor in, uh, right there in the United States, treating COVID patients, and then she takes ill her husband is ill of COVID and there was no space in the hospital. So they had to send him home and he was dying at home and she was treating him. At least she's got the privilege of being a doctor. So yeah. treating him and at some point ran out of ideas because he was right there. She was in the hospital. He calls her and says, I can't breathe anymore. Um, so she leaves her patients in the hospital, runs back home, and at that point, everything she's done has failed. There's nothing else she could do. And she just went on her knees and just prayed. Amen. And um, Amen. and she just said, God, I I'll just read this part of what she said. She, she just said, um, I went on my knees and I just prayed. And I resigned my faith to God. God spoke back to me that minute. He told me to give him steroids, prednisolone, albuterol nebulizers, as opposed to she gave a list of all the medications she was given. And then she said, funny thing is these medications were prohibited for treating <laughs> patients with virus. As of the time this happened, but in the end, I had to obey God. I gave him the steroids. Mm. And, and she says, um, gradually my husband began to recover. So, you know, there was, a, there was a part of the passage where, you know, God told someone to go and speak to this woman who has run out of food and say she would like feed it. you. Exactly. And and he just went, Elijah went there and the woman didn't argue and just did it. Even though she had no food, she didn't know yeah. where the next food would come from. She just, it was, it just reminds me of that. Like, this is something you were told, don't give the patients. Yeah. And she prayed and she said, this is a, this is a message she got. 
and she obeyed, even though she felt, I'm not supposed to do this, but she listened to God. Amen. God gave her the treatment that saved a man that was on, on, on death's door. And medicine couldn't, I mean, this, this, it's just, I, I was shedding tears reading her story. I, I just, I was like so overwhelmed. And if ever I've read so many doubts from people about the existence of God, at that point, it just melted away. If she, if she had followed scientists, medical advice, the man would be dead. But she listened to God. And, and that's why he's alive today. And she was also sick as well, but not as sick as him. Yeah. Um, at least she could breathe, but he had stopped breathing. And she couldn't even go to the hospital. She has just completely given up. But except for one man, and that's Jesus Christ. That's so, right. look at verse, sorry, look, look at verse 20 of that Psalm 107. On your screen, do you see it says Psalm 107? Verse 17 to 31. Yes. Just, just look at verse 20 only there. Let's look at oh, just verse 20. He sent forth his word and healed them. He Amen. rescued them from the grave. Yes. Now, that, that, that is why today we have the topic that says adversity, the instrument mm -hmm. of God. Amen. Uh, sorry, Abele, I, I didn't want to interrupt you. I just wanted to. No, just, no, I'm done, actually. To, to, to purchase yeah. what you were saying. Yes. God yeah. wanted to use her testimony. And had yes. she not been a person of faith, he could yes. maybe exactly. have spoken to her and her act. Yeah. Yes. Oh, somebody we could know, have. Been... We know when it's God speaking to us and not something that we want to do. Right. Exactly. If if he was in the hospital, he probably would be dead because she wouldn't she wouldn't go against hospital regulations to give him right. that. Right. Right. Nobody would her, have done against her testimony. Will yes. save a lot of people. Exactly. Yes. And it was so lovely that she shared notice, this. Notice that statement she made. Yeah. She said God spoke to her. Yes. yes. Now, she knew. when was the last time somebody who didn't believe in Jesus Christ told you God spoke to them? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But, well, I, I find usually people that say God doesn't exist at the lowest moment of their life, they always remember, they always turn well, look, to saying God. Exists, saying God exists and saying God spoke to me are two separate yeah. things. The Bible yes. says even the devils believe that God exists. So yeah, right. when people tell you they don't believe God exists, don't argue with them. I've always said this, just leave them alone. Yeah. I used yeah. to say that. You, I mean, I'm ashamed of some of the things I used to say. I mean, I used to say, ah, mm -hmm. there's no God. You know, God is for weak people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I said, I said, Jesus, Jesus went to school in India and that's where he learned all his mysticism. <laughs> <laughs> And I'll I'll rat, I'll rattle all those baby Christians who didn't really know what they believed in. <laughs> and how they have to have it down. God arrested me. <laughs> <laughs> that, that guy who was making fun of us. <laughs> all right. Nice. Let's look at book of Exodus chapter three. We're gonna look at verse seven to twenty-two because 
I want us to quickly go through these scriptures and so that it, at least it will be on tape for others who will hear from around the world in the future. Amen. Amen. Anyone that has Exodus chapter 3, verse 7 to 22, somebody else open up Psalm 107, verse 17 to 31. And a third person, please open up Matthew chapter 8, 21 to, 21 to 28. Well, I have it. I'll read it. Okay. Which one do you have? Um, I have all three of them, uh, but okay. I'm on okay. Exodus. Okay, I'm good. on Exodus 3, right. 7. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perserites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you, and this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought out the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, the name by which I am to be remembered from generation to generation. Go, assemble the elders of Israel and say to them, the Lord, the God of your father, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Jacob appeared to me and said, I have watched over you and have seen what has been done to you in Egypt. And I have promised to bring you up out of your misery in Egypt into the land of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perseites, Hiviites, and Jebusites, a land flowing with milk and honey. The elders of Israel will listen to you. Then you and the elders are to go to the king of Egypt and say to him, the Lord, the God of the Hebrews has met with us. Let us take a three-day journey into the desert to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God. But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless a mighty hand compels him. So I will stretch out my hand and strike the Egyptians with all of the wonders that I will perform among them. After that, he will let you go. And I will make the Egyptians favorably disposed towards this people so that when you leave, you will not go empty-handed. Every woman is to ask her neighbor and any woman living in her house for articles of silver and gold for clothing, which you will put on your sons and daughters, and so you will plunder the Egyptians. Amen. 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 
Now, we know this story. And we saw God send Moses to come and deliver God's people. Now, prior to what we just read, the Bible says Pharaoh was maltreating the people of Israel and the people of Israel cried to God. Correct? Yes. Or better still, the children of Israel cried and God heard their cries and their cries got up to heaven. Now, you know that when God came, he came in to present Moses to represent him. But the children of Israel, when Moses came to them, they asked Moses, who is this God? Do you remember that? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. I want to, if you don't mind, if you, if, if, if you can mute your microphone for a second. Okay. I'll say that back on. Those who can, those who cannot, don't, those who cannot, don't try it. Because you might not come back on. All right. The children of Israel had a covenant relationship with God. They didn't know who God was, but God knew who they were. And when they were going through adversity, based on the covenant relationship God had with their father, Abraham, God was obligated to help them. Today, we have a covenant with the Father through the blood of Jesus Christ. And for that reason, God is obligated to help us. Let me say it again. We today have a covenant with the Father through the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. Therefore, God is obligated to save us. Now, for God to save us, we must be in the place where we can be saved. So he has to find some way to move us to that place, that place where we can be saved. And whatever he uses to get us to that place, whether it be prosperity or adversity, they are instruments of God. Okay? All right, so you can unmute your microphones. So I just wanted that to be there because there was a lot of paper shuffling in the background. Please unmute your microphones. Okay. All right, so who has Psalm 107, verse 17 to 31? I do. All right. Amen. 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 Fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, are afflicted. Their soul abhorreth all manner of meat, and they draw near unto the gates of death. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saveth them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. And let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. They that go down to the sea in ships that do business in the great waters, these see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. 
for he commandeth and raiseth the stormy winds, which lifted up the waves thereof. They mount up to the heaven, they go down again to the depths, their soul is melted because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are, and are at their wit's end. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he bringeth them out of their distresses. He maketh the storm a calm, so that the waves thereof are still. Then are they glad because they be quiet, so he bringeth them unto their desired haven. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Amen. All right. So Amen. what you just read has two parts. The first part was talking about the fool, the person who put herself in trouble. Did you see that? Yep. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. And then when she was in trouble, she cried out to God and God sent his word and his word healed her. Amen? Amen. Then Amen. there's another kind of people. These people are the second group. These ones go deep in God. Did you notice it says they go to the deep of the ocean? <laughs> yes. yes. They, don't, they yes. don't fish by the seashore. They go looking for whales. These people want a deeper relationship with God. And they are the ones. Can you read that part again? After he healed them. Let's just read that part again so everybody can see that. Because there are two different groups of people God is talking about here. One group, the first group got themselves into trouble. Right? Yes. That's verse 20. Yeah. The other group got, found themselves in trouble because of their depth the depth of relationship they want to have with God. Go ahead. Yes, that's starting at verse 23. Okay. They that go down to the sea in ships, that do business in great waters, these see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. For he commandeth and raiseth the stormy wind, which lifted up the waves thereof. They mount up to the heavens, they go down again to the depths. Their soul is melted because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are at their wit's end. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he brings them out of their distresses. He maketh the storm a calm, so that the waves thereof are still. Then are they glad because they be quiet, so he bringeth them unto their desired haven. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Amen. So Amen. when you are in <laughs> adversity, it doesn't necessarily mean you're in adversity because you did something wrong. Sometimes you're in adversity because that's the way you get to experience the greatness of God, to have something called a testimony. Mm. Amen. Mm. Amen. The Bible says they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, testimony. their own experience of the greatness of God. That's what Dr. K just read for us, that last part. These people chose to go to the deep of the ocean. And deep means going deeper in God. It's not talking here about water. Okay? It's talking about going deeper in the things of God. 
And as you go deeper in the things of God, God will allow deeper and greater challenges to come and seemingly want to overwhelm you. But still, you will cry out to God and God will deliver you. And you shall give praise to God when you arrive at your safe haven. This is the promise of God. No child of God is supposed to live through this life before they die and not experience one or both of these two things we just looked at in Psalm 107. Whether it was through foolishness you got yourself in there or whether it was through the love of God you got yourself in there. Jesus got himself in there through what? Earth. The love of God. Love of God. Love he wasn't God. In fact, people were telling him, if you are the son of God, come down from there and we'll believe everything you have said. <laughs> but he was going into the deeper things of God and that brought the adversity for him. Amen. Amen. All right. Amen. Matthew chapter 8, verse 21 to 28. I can read that. Okay. Amen. Amen. Then another of his disciples said, Then another of his disciples said to him, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, Follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. Mm. Now when he got into a boat, his disciples followed him, and suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea, so that the boat was covered with the waves. But he was asleep. And his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we are perishing. For he said to them, Why are you fearful, O you of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. So the men marveled, saying, Who can this be, that even the winds and the sea obey him? When right. he had come to the other side, yes. to the country of the Gergens, Gergens, they met him two demon-possessed men coming out of the tombs exceedingly fierce so that no one could pass that way. All right. Yes. Is that verse 28? Verse 28, yes. please. Okay. Now, I why I wanted to stop there is I wanted you to see what was waiting for him on the other side. Did you see mm -hmm. that? Yes. A storm rose up in the boat that Jesus was in, correct? Yes. Yeah. If you're in a boat heading in a direction and suddenly a storm comes, don't you look for the closest port to dock? Yes. Okay. You don't worry anymore about your destination. You just want to be safe. But Jesus told his people, "Go, let us go to the other side. And as they began to go to the other side, the enemy understood that if Jesus got to the other side, those two men who were his prisoners... <laughs> would be set free. Do you see that? Yes. 
So he sent a wind to cause them to be afraid, but Jesus was not afraid. The reason the wind came up was because the enemy knew that at the next port of call was where your deliverance and salvation was going to be, and he wanted to turn you back. And so many of us have turned back because of situations and circumstances, even though God told us, maintain course. So many of us have given up and have quit simply because a storm arose and our deliverance was still up ahead. I don't know if you're seeing the story the way the Bible is trying to tell you because don't disconnect what just happened in the boat from those two demon-possessed men, men he saved. It's connected. Are you with me? Yes. So the yes. adversity, the problems that you're going through, whether they're from God or whether they're from Satan, don't keep your eyes on the adversity. Don't keep your eyes on the hardship. Don't keep your eyes on the health condition. That's not the issue. The issue is, are you about the Father's business? Amen. Amen. Jesus was going about the Father's business. So when the storm came, he was fast asleep in the boat. He didn't care. That's God's problem, not his. Mm-hmm. But the reason we have fear is because we don't, we are not sure that God's problem, our problem is God's problem because nothing about our life is for God. It's all for me, myself, and I. That's why there's fear. That's why there's fear. If I know of what value I am to God, I would have no fear. Amen. God, you've got seven billion people. I'm one of about a hundred million that's functioning. You want to let me just get terminated this way? Hmm, not good investment for you. You need to you need to hurry up and do something now. <laughs> you need to hurry up. Look, we're so few. We're so few. That's why the Bible refers to you as diamonds, gold, treasures. Why? Because you're few. Amen. 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 So never let the circumstances turn you away from your direction. But how do you know your direction? It begins by being a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Every single one of us is a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You remember God showed us once how the first person he told to preach the gospel was a woman. Today we have churches where women are not even allowed to preach. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know their Bible. <laughs> no, and they will quote one scripture that says women should keep silent. <laughs> what it's talking what in context there wasn't talking about preaching. He was talking about government. Okay, which is a totally different topic. Okay, it's a totally different topic. All right. Yeah, God has put women. the fathers, God has put the fathers as the head of the house, and that's just the way it is. Okay. So that was what that, con that thing in context was referring to the church as the house of God where the fathers were supposed to be in charge. That was what Paul was talking about there. Okay, the word he used there was didache, not teach. Okay, 
didaki is when we get the English word dictator. That I would not that women didaki. He didn't say I would not that women should teach. He said I would not that women should didaki and usurp authority over the men. Do you remember that? Yes. He didn't just say yeah. good. So didaki means to dictate. He doesn't want women to dictate to their husbands or dictate to the men in the church. That's all he was saying. Because men are made in the image of God. God always uses he right himself. Oh, well, there's some Bibles I hear now that say she, so <laughs> beware. All right. Feminist. <laughs> yeah, well, well, it's, 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 it's something else. All right. So I just wanted to, you know, bring these scriptures out and hope that Holy Ghost himself will kind of breathe upon it for us in the future individually but I'm hoping that you're getting something. Even before the, 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 um, Liz spoke about you know, her concern about health and all that, these scriptures were already there. Do you see that? Yes. So yes. It's, not like, it's not like we brought this scripture. Holy Ghost already knew Liz. You already knew, you already knew what you had in your mind. And maybe there's other people that have something similar in their own hearts and minds right now listening to this now or will listen to this. And these scriptures were already there. Those two men in the caves that were possessed in from in the funny town, the name with the, the town with the funny name that um Abele couldn't pronounce. <laughs> those guys, those guys were glad that the word of God came and delivered them. You don't know how long they've been praying for help. The man who said he wants to speak to mom today, we don't even know if he's one of those two men. It's what if so Jesus true. had gotten, gotten there and saw them and said, hi, uh, my name is Jesus. I'm a carpenter and I'm you know, see, trying to see if I can expand my business here. You all interested in buying some chairs? <laughs> <laughs> but, but God sent him there to deliver those guys. Now he wants to sell some chairs to them because he's a carpenter. Okay. You've got to know when to sell chairs and you've got to know when to sell Jesus. Amen. Gotta, gotta Amen. know what your mission is. Amen. You gotta know what your mission is. Every single person, your first mission when you wake up in the morning, your number one mission is to talk to somebody about Jesus Christ. Mm. That's that's it. And then everything else in your life is centered around that. Everything you do doesn't matter where you are. Your attitude to your president, your attitude to your country, your attitude to your boss, your company is anchored in your perspective of who you are in Jesus Christ. That's it. Amen. Nobody can take Amen. that from you. You have a unique relationship with God that I could never have. You can't have my relationship with God. I can't have yours. You're very special to him. We're very rare. I think we don't always realize that. You know, oh, yeah. We don't. Many are called and few are chosen, and we don't realize how chosen we are. Exactly. Exactly. Go about your father's business. Well, I, I'll stop here. Unless somebody else has something you want to add, you, or maybe you want, you, know, you want to take us in another direction, you want to build on this. There's still a few more minutes. Well, I, it, this has been a good lesson and a lot more than just one or two of us had 
something to do with that and, and needed to hear that. Amen. 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 I used to worry about having an opportunity to speak to people, but I don't worry about it anymore because they ask. <laughs> and I never realized that, you know, when my life was busy raising children and all those sort of things. So I feel like my time is now. I'm, I'm his servant. What, what I, what, this is what I will say to everybody. There is nobody that you ever meet and say, can we pray together? That says no. Sometimes they're taken aback, right? I don't care whether they're Muslim. I don't care whether they say they don't believe in God. Some of them are just going to say, okay, let, they will just agree, you know, to, so as not to embarrass you, right? Mm -hmm. But guess what? The moment I say to them, let's pray. Can we pray together? They say yes. Then I quickly pray to God. Then I say to them, if their name is John, if their name is Sandy, I say, Sandy, can you say this with me? She probably has her eyes closed and she will nod. I'll say, Heavenly Father. Then Sandy will say, Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you. Forgive me your son, Jesus Christ, to die for me. Forgive me your son, Jesus Christ, to die for me. And everything I say, they'll say really quickly. And I'll say, I confess that I've been a sinner and I repent. Make me a new person. They'll say everything I say. And before I'm done, guess what? They're Tears start coming down their eyes. Why? Because this thing that you think is a little thing is a big deal. Why? When, you, when I lead them through that prayer, it's nothing official. I just said, pray with me. Then I said, Father, forgive me. Make me a new person. I thank you that I'm born again. I always make sure they end saying that, making that statement. I always make sure they say, thank you that I am born again. Because when they say that, when they leave, they have no doubt that something has happened. And often before we're done, tears are coming down their eyes. There's some people who will tell you, they hear something like chains in their head snapping. Mm. You know, like the chains on the ship, you know, those, yeah, the the are broken. yeah, yeah. They hear this is this is not one person, not two people, not three people. They hear the same thing. They never intended to come to give their life to God. That was not their intention. All they were willing to do was to pray with you. And by saying yes, we can pray, they had acknowledged that there was a God. Mm-hmm. And now God had to move in quickly, but he couldn't do it without me. Now I've tag-teamed them to God, and once they're walking away, all of a sudden the old de demon angels that were all around them take off, and the new angels that God has given them come with them. And they're gone. I never see them again. I don't invite them to my church. I don't want to make merchandise of them. I don't want to make them quote my members. God's going to send them to someone else who will work on them, and they will grow. I remember a Muslim guy when I was preaching once many, many years ago, and he was a good guy, but he just couldn't believe that as a Muslim, it, it, appear, it, appeal, it was his issue. And I just looked at him, I said, you know what? 
God says you're going to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ one day. I didn't see this guy for like three, four years. And the week I was about to move and migrate from Nigeria, I saw him at the last church I visited. He was one of the ushers in that church. I didn't even recognize him. His name was Umar. That was like a sign from God to me saying, you remember this from a few years ago? So don't quit. (laughs) So these are the testimonies for some of us. And that's why we live the kind of life we live that people say, well, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? You know, no, I know what I'm doing. God's the one doing his own thing. I just go about my business and any opportunity he gives me to minister to someone, I will. I'd rather minister to only 10 people that God sent me to than a thousand people he never sent me to. Amen? Well, it's it's called boots on the ground. There you go. There you go. Hey, folks, by the way, um, my book is complete. It's, um, we need to publish it. And um, basically, we're looking to raise money for the publishing. So anybody that can chip in, please get in touch with Dr. K. Uh, we probably need just about $1,200 to get, $1, to get um, the first few books published, to get the copyright, etc. cetera. Mm. So if you'd like to support it, it's an almost 300-page book. It's going to, everybody always says it's going to change the world. But this one is going to change the world. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> so God's in it. Anybody that wants to support, please get in touch with Dr. K uh, so we can raise money to um, get across to the publisher. And after that, they'll, they'll publish as many, at any time we pay them, they'll publish more, et cetera, et cetera, and sell through Barnes & Noble. And Amazon everywhere. All the and online booksellers. Yes. Amen. So anybody that wants to help in that, please feel free. Get in touch with Dr. K. Uh, would uh, I'd appreciate that. Want to see if we can get that book out ASAP. Amen. All right. Can somebody lead us in prayers to close? So I solicit your prayers. I solicit your support. Okay. I want to thank you for your time. For those of you who have been faithful, you know, uh, supporting this work, for being involved, sharing these videos. Okay. Don't be. Don't, don't, don't get weary. Don't be weary. Don't get tired. Your strength is supposed to come brighter and brighter every day. Okay? Keep pressing on. Share these videos with your family and friends. Start watch parties on Facebook over this video so your friends and family can discuss it. Okay? And continue to write us. Write me through Facebook. Write me through you know, the, the comment section here on YouTube. Okay? So I want to encourage you. Thank you so much for the way you've been supporting us. Thanks so much for all that you've been doing. We really appreciate it. Remember what I said, if you want to continue listening to us, do I order, you can always go, okay, to our website. You can see the online radio channels that you can get us through. Like I mentioned um, Apple's iTunes, I met Apple iTunes, I mentioned um, Spotify, and I think Google. You can also, you know, there are other platforms also through which you can hear us through audio, okay? I want to encourage you to subscribe to our channel and to, you know, hit the like buttons. Hit the like buttons. I can't say that enough. Every time you want these videos through YouTube, hit the like buttons. Now, if you're watching through Facebook or you're watching through some other video like WhatsApp, it's not going to show here, so we won't be able to see your like. But if you're watching through YouTube, I want to encourage you. Or Facebook, wherever it is, I want to encourage you. Hit that like button. Okay? Hit that like button. It matters to us. Okay? Thank you so much for your support. 
Thank you so much for everything that you've been doing, you know, by watching our videos. Okay. But in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be on the road. But wherever I am, I'm going to be broadcasting from there. So the broadcast is still going to keep going. Okay. So thank you so much, everybody. God bless you. See you soon.